Welcome all uh, to the uh, podcast um, of the Journal of Nuclear Cardiology, the issue from November-December 2019. I am Pradeep Bamvani from the Department of Radiology and the Division of Molecular Imaging and Therapeutics, uh, along with my colleague. Hi, I'm Fadi Haig from uh, Cardiovascular Disease at University of Alabama at Birmingham and the VA Medical Center. Yeah, we are going to review uh, two different manuscripts um, from this uh, current issue. Um, I will start with uh, a tracer uh, that has a great deal of promise uh, that we all anxiously awaiting for its availability for clinic clinical use, uh, and that is fluorine 18 fluorpyridase. Um, now, fluorine 18, as compared to uh, ammonia and rubidium, uh, is not that much limited by uh, the half-life. Since fluorine 18 has a half-life of 110 minutes, this will allow uh, PET-based myocardial imaging even with exercise, as in when um, this agent uh, uh, becomes uh, FDA-approved. Now, uh, this agent, uh, similar to uh, the technetium agents, uh, binds to the mitochondrial complex in the cardiac myocyte with high affinity and um, has the potential uh, to yield steady state myocardial imaging uh, along with the improved resolution and the quantification that is provided by uh, PET technology. Now, Madahi and colleagues um, uh, study the dosimetry, biodistribution, and the safety of uh, fluorine-18 fluorpyridase in 12 health- healthy subjects undergoing rest and exercise or adenosine pharmacologic stress, PET myocardial perfusion imaging. Now, as expected, the heart wall received the largest mean absorbed dose uh, from the tracer, uh, both with exercise and with uh, adenosine stress. Now, this is a desirable feature because the goal of the exam is to image myocardial perfusion. Now, interestingly, the maximum dose that could be administered without exceeding the uh, Nuclear Regulatory Commission threshold of one rem, which is the equivalent of 10 millisievert, effective threshold uh, to patients was uh, 19 millicurie, or 685 mega for the for those outside the U.S. Uh, that was for exercise, and the um, the maximum dose for adenosine pharmacologic stress was 15 millicurie or 539 uh, They None of the 12 patients experienced any drug-related adverse events, um, and the tracer was very well tolerated in all subjects. So in this uh, nice pilot study, the investigators demonstrate the feasibility of PET myocardial perfusion imaging with fluorine-18 labeled fluorpyridase in conjunction with either treadmill exercise or pharmacologic stress testing uh, in a small group of normal subjects. The tracer dosimetry was within the clinically acceptable range, and fluorine-18 fluorpyridase was found to be safe and well-tolerated. It would be a boon to myocardial perfusion imaging if we can get access to um, to a fluorine-18-based agent um, as it would significantly improve our ability uh, to not only image relative perfusion but also to get uh, quantification of myocardial blood flow. 
Yes, we are definitely awaiting the introduction of F-18 agents for myocardial perfusion imaging because it, it is, as you say, it would be a boon for, for the field and it will uh, improve multiple aspects of imaging, including Absolutely. including yeah. imaging with in, in areas that don't have access to cyclotrons to, to use ammonia and uh, it provides better characteristic than obedient uh, and doesn't, doesn't require the the generator, purchasing a pet generator every month, which uh, which limits, uh, which kind of limits the the, the use of pet to senders that have high uh, high volumes. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. The second article that we will talk is also about uh, pet, and it's uh, it, it, it as as uh, as the listeners are aware, pet is being increasingly utilized uh, in the evaluation of patients with suspected or known coronary artery disease, particularly most commonly using rubidium. And apart from providing uh, attenuation-corrected perfusion and gated per, uh, uh, information, uh, PET also provides quantitative assessment of myocardial blood flow, as we were pointing out with this uh, prior article. And it has the added prognostic value over perfusion data uh, uh, alone because of the assessment of myocardial blood flow. Now, for for for, for this assessment, there are multiple software packages uh, for data processing that have been developed. Uh, and these different software packages have conflicting data regarding reproducibility uh, uh, between, between the different packages. Uh, so in this study, Oliviera et al. from the State University of uh, Campinas in Brazil compared the quantitative results of myocardial perfusion um, an exam classification, i.e. normal versus abnormal, uh, between three different um, available commercial software programs. Uh, one was the Corridor 4DM uh, from Michigan. The other was the QPET from Cedars-Sinai. And the third was the single uh, myocardial blood flow from Siemens. And they do this in 55 patient exams. And the results show that the mean values of myocardial blood flow and myocardial perfusion reserve were statistically significantly different between the three software packages. In particular, Corridor 4DM had consistently lower values of flow reserve and classified a larger number of exams as abnormal compared to the other two packages. Uh, single M uh, MBF and QPET results were overall comparable. So the users should be cautious when using different softwares interchangeably as differences may introduce quantitative variation that could be clinically significant. The variability in assessment of myocardial blood flow and myocardial flow reserve could be attributed to many factors. Um, uh, one would be patient characteristics, for example, poor IV access, uh, patient motion on this, under the scan, or prior large myocardial, perfusion, uh, myocardial infarct that could preclude accurate assessment of myocardial blood flow. The radio tracer that's used, the scanner that's used, the protocol that is used, and uh, image acquisition and reconstruction, and what is being assessed in this article that is software analysis, uh, software analysis of myocardial flow. And the last thing which we are all interested in assessing is actually true variability, i.e. that the patient's myocardial flow reserve change between two exams. And so it becomes really difficult when you have patient undergoing serial exams to try to tease out that true change um, if you have changes in software or changes in protocol and changes in camera and so on and so forth. Uh, this is very reminiscent of the variability that, that we are all aware of in the assessment of perfusion defect size 
between the different softwares that are available commercially, and that has been documented in multiple prior studies. And the easiest solution to all this is to compare across the same software package, whether it is for myocardial perfusion defect size or myocardial flow uh, reserve or myocardial blood flow. And that decreases the variability. And it's, this, is, this is an important point to make uh, for this field that is growing, and we are all becoming, beginning to use more and more myocardial blood flow in clinical, in clinical care. Yeah, this is uh, probably in terms of uh, application uh, um, somewhat more commonly seen with uh, SPECT uh, myocardial perfusion imaging, as you briefly alluded to, um, because of the wide um, availability of SPECT myocardial perfusion imaging. Uh, and that's why it's, it's kind of important not just to trust the numbers put out by the softwares, but also to probably trust your eyes more than the numbers. Um, and like you mentioned, to be consistent in using the same software, um, you know, um, between exams, um, that would provide you a, a, a better comparator rather than using different softwares or exams done at, at, at uh, different uh, uh, sites. Now, um, at the end of this, uh, I want to remind the viewers that uh, in addition to these manuscripts uh, and others that we don't discuss, there is uh, um, several other um, points of interest in the journal. Uh, we have uh, numerous uh, images that teach, uh, just focused uh, uh, a set of images with a brief write-up uh, that um, um, will send the, a nice teaching point, you know, to the readers. Uh, often we also have a quiz uh, uh, with an image, uh, and which is, uh, what is this image? Um, and then, um, in addition, we also have CME review papers where um, members of uh, the American Society of Nuclear Cardiology can get uh, CME um, uh, credits as well. In the present issue, uh, the CME paper uh, looks at phase analysis of gated PET in the evaluation of me mechanical ventricular synchrony. Many of the articles uh, in the journal also have accompanying PowerPoint slides, you know, so those can be very illustrative and could potentially be used in uh, for teaching purposes um, uh, if the um, the readership should pursue that. Um, uh, some of the manuscripts, uh, especially the lead article. Uh, abstracts are also available in foreign languages, including Spanish, Chinese, and French, in response to the international readership. And so I'd uh, urge the readers to look at the uh, online or the paper issue of the journal to sample a variety of content that is available. And I think that's all for my end. Uh, Fadi, any closing thoughts? No, I just enjoyed I enjoyed these articles and as I enjoy reading all articles in the journal. Um, so um, if you like us, please send us your uh, your comments so that we know how to do this podcast better. Um, uh, and uh, see you next time. Thank, Thank you. you.